square. At the first sign of trouble, Fichter knew where to find him. Hafner sat with the brandy. I'd walk a mile from Mumper's brandy. It makes you feel so hale and dandy. The early edition of the Bezet Amitag in front of him. He had not sat like this in weeks, a quiet reed to clear the mind, and not because of the nonsense that had been going on out of the stables or up at the Reichstag. All the pretty uniformed men had managed to disrupt traffic too many times now to recount. No, Hafner had been up to his ears in real violence, genuine terror, hardly the kind plotted in red pamphlets or designed in back rooms by overfed burghers calling themselves socialists. They played at revolution. He knew another kind. But for today, orders from on high, he was told to leave that alone and join the rest of his breed in the streets to make sure nothing untoward would come to pass. Hafner finished off the last of his drink and nodded to the barman to bring him another. As he was one of only three people in the place, a man at a corner table, his head tilted back against the wall, his mouth gaped open in sleep, a woman with a beer and bread, a business at one of the nearby hotels temporarily interrupted. The service was unusually prompt. The barman approached with the bottle. This, I'm sad to say, will have to be the last. Hoffner looked up from his paper. I'm sad to hear. He had a steady, reassuring voice. "'It's this damn rationing,' said the man. "'This and another bottle's all I've got for the day. Uh, my apologies.' Hoffner half-smiled. "'What do you care if the money's coming from me or from someone else?' "'Simple economics, man here. No brandy? Fewer people in here to buy my sausages before they rot.' The man opened the bottle. "'It's called the distribution of capital, or something like that.' You understand. Hoffner's smile grew. Completely. And, the man nodded as he poured, the money's not coming from you. It never does. So why don't you be nice to me today and let someone else pay for the brandy? Hoffner reached into his coat pocket and produced a ten fennec coin. He placed it on the table. The man smiled again as he shook his head. No, no, I like that you don't pay. You like that you don't pay. We may be governed by socialists now, but it's better that you hold on to your money. The man popped the cork back into the bottle and headed for the bar. Time to wake up here, Professor Doctor, he said as he moved past the man in the corner. The man at once opened his eyes, looked around in a daze, and then in one fluid movement poured out his beard, picked up his umbrella, and stood. Upright, he seemed far more impressive though from the look of his clothes one had to wonder how much sleep he had gotten in the last few days. He peered over at Hoffner. "'Is it safe out there, mynheer?' Hoffner continued to read his paper. "'Safe as can be, Herr Professor Doctor.' "'Excellent,' the man turned to the barman. "'My thanks, Herr Uber.' And placing his hat on his head, he started for the door, stopping momentarily to bow to the lady. "'Madame?' He then glanced quickly through the windows, and was gone. Hoffner scanned through several stories, all of which were doing their best to assuage a devoted readership. The Reds were dead. Good old Liebknecht had got his in the park, little Rosa in the clutches of a murderous mob, though her body was still missing. Chancellor Ebert could be trusted with the government. Business was on the rise. So forth and so on. And yet, even within the lines meant to pacify, 
The Bezet had that remarkable capacity to stir up a kind of subdued panic. Rush Chancellor Herbert, with the full cooperation of a diligent military, has declared the streets once again safe for the men and women of Berlin. Hurrah! With the National Assembly election only days away, we must thank this provisional government for the speed with which it has put down the Bolshevik-inspired insurgency, and hope that it is equally tireless in its efforts to hunt down the deluded lone sharpshooters who still infest our city. Those living in the area between Lillianstrasse and Hackersher Markt are advised to remain indoors for the next twenty-four hours. The woman at the table laughed lazily to herself. Still pretty at twenty-two, twenty-three, she jawed through her bread. She was wearing the unspoken uniform of those girls who sell roses and matches at the restaurants along Friedrichstrasse. The silk-thin dress ruffles along the low collar and cuffs, the dark plush hat with its front trimmed.